Hi, I'm Avalon Starlight, and you are listening to the Rebel Unicorns podcast. This season, we are diving deep into what being an empath in business actually looks like. Listen each week as I share tips and tricks to master your empath energy, as well as sharing incredible guests who have created successful businesses by claiming their empath title. Are you ready? Let's get our rebel on. Hello, 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 rebel unicorns. This is coming close to the end of this season of the Rebel Unicorns podcast. We only have one more guest this Thursday and another solo episode. And wow, I can't believe another season will have come and gone. I'm excited about today's conversation because it's one that I I don't often talk about. And it is truthfully the catalyst for me even being in your ears right now while you're listening to my voice and me sharing my story, which is the catalyst of being a mom entrepreneur and why I had to become a mom entrepreneur. And, you know, I kind of touched on it a little bit while we were talking to, well, I was talking to, and you were listening to me talk to Mary Bratko in the last interview and, you know, her coming into my field to introduce me to something called Mama Academy and the possibility and the potential to expand and grow into this new uh, platform that's being birthed. But what, you know, the universe did by aligning me back to to my core and to my roots and to my why through Mary was really help me come back to this, this understanding and, and the conversation and the growth and the learning and the, even the fact that I am recording this podcast is because of the fact that I had to become an entrepreneur and a mother at the same time. Because unless you've read my book, My Kid is Driving Me Crazy, A Mom's Survival Guide for Living with a Child with Mental Illness, you don't know the story of why I became an entrepreneur. And so I'm going to share a little bit of that story. And I'm going to share it from the level of the empath as well, because I think it's significant. And I think it's important to hear and the level of being a mom and an entrepreneur and an empath in business. And so You know, when Ethan was young, I mean, by the time Ethan was eight, he had suicide ideation and I was pregnant with my youngest and we had a very tumultuous time. There was a lot of discomfort. There was a lot of disharmony. There was a lot of um, just it was it was a very challenging mother son relationship for a, a very long time. And when Ethan was in grade school. I think he had to be in about grade six. I got a call from the school and he had cut himself in school. Uh, Another kid in the class had said something very hurtful to him. And so he took his house key and he had cut himself like in his wrist area. And so I picked him up and we had a therapy appointment booked for that day. And we went to the therapist and the school had looked at me and said, well, we, we're not equipped to handle a child like this. We're not equipped to be able to support Ethan in, in, in the school. So you, you can't, you can't send him back right now. And I was like, what? 
And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have anything available in the school to support a child who is cutting himself or who has mental illness. And it was in that very moment that I realized that I, I had to make sure that I was there for my son above and beyond everything else. And at the time, I was a personal trainer in a facility. And I said to them, like, listen, I need to do something about my hours because I, I have to be there for my son. Like, no, I cannot hire somebody who can just stay with my son. And then when Ethan was allowed to go back to school, he wasn't allowed to stay for breaks. So he would go to school for one of the blocks of time. I'd have to pick him up for the lunch break and then take him back. And the same thing happened when they wouldn't let him stay for, because there was two nourishment breaks each day. And I would have to pick him up and drop him off at each time because he wasn't allowed to be left alone on the school grounds without any supervision. And so who do you get to call or come into your, your life or your, uh, to say, can you take care of my son or watch him? And he needs all this additional pickup and drop off. So it was in that moment that I realized that I needed support. And I went to my, my, my current employers and I was like, listen, I need to only work through these times. Is that possible? And they said their exact words were, Oh, we're, we're really sorry. We don't allow part-time trainers in our facility. So, you know, you're just, you're just going to have to uh, figure this out. And I was like, well, that, that's not an answer because I need part-time in order to be the mom of a child with high needs. And it was that moment there that I, I had no other alternative. I had to make a decision. And I guess we could call that shifting timelines. I, I launched my own career as a personal trainer working from home in that moment because then I would be able to be home to support Ethan and be there for my other child and be able to make money and do the job that I loved at the time. And that happened out of necessity. It happened because there was no other alternative choice for me except to make that decision. And, you know, ultimately that became me having a, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, but I didn't even look at that as being an entrepreneur at that point because my life was in so much like focus. I would wake up in the morning and, you know, everything had to be structured and everything had to be planned specifically to be able to have the freedom to be able to um, pivot at a moment's notice, a pivot if the school called, pivot if something happened uh, at home that required my attention, to put out fires, to, you know, make sure that everything was okay, to, if I was, you know, working and I could feel, hear a crash and I knew something was going on in the house, that I'd be able to respond and react constantly. So being a mom was my number one priority, raising a child who required more additional support than the average bear was what my focus was on, making sure that my son was safe was my priority. And, you know, always ensuring, but the, the part that was challenging at this time, because I didn't understand that I was an empath. So I'm looking back from a space is that I was trying to protect the world from Ethan and protect Ethan from the world. I felt it was my sole responsibility. I was taking his energy in and amplifying his fear and amplifying his, his discomforts. And, and, and then I become a helicopter mom. I became hyper codependent, hyper vigilant. 
Um, I wanted to fix him so bad when he was never broken to begin with. But these were the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that I was carrying. I was carrying this like weight of energy within me all the time. And it was a struggle and it was hard. And some days even getting out of bed was, was a challenge. But it was like I went into this autopilot space where I figured out a way to be non-emotional. Okay. As an empath, I want you to hear that. I figured out a way to be non-emotional. And how that happened was that I, I literally turned myself off of everything. Everything. I put a protective wall around me. I put protective, like, like, I mean, ways in which I could stay stable and strong and have zero waves of energy or emotion throughout my day. That was the way that I sustained myself. So the the problem here was that I was really experiencing life in a one-toned version. That's the only way I can explain it. Like, hum... Like, I hope you could hear that vibrational frequency. Like, that's how I existed. I would wake up, assess myself. Could I get out of bed that day? Was today going to be okay? Like, I, I had to do a self-assessment check in the morning because I knew that something something happened every single day. So it was already preparing my body and my mind for whatever the event of the day was going to be because I always knew there was going to be one. When I knew that I could trust myself to be able to handle it because I was strong that I was like, and I mean strong and not asking for support, strong and not asking for help, strong and not letting anyone in the world see how bad things were, strong and not let anything outside of me have any control because I figured if I give up just a little bit, I would crash and burn. I would crash and burn. And so I'm sharing this because I don't know that people fully understand the experience of raising children who require all your time and energy and what that or my belief of that looked like at that time. Now, through after that experience, I did become much more open. I opened myself up to love. I met my current husband, Jeff, and that's when things started to change because I had opened myself up for help and support and safety and security. And I, if you know me, you know that I I don't believe that we can ask for safety from other people. Safety comes from within us. We can create safety for our little ones, but asking somebody else to create safety for us doesn't, to me, that's illusory, right? Because safety is, is a thought, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, but it's not guaranteed at any time. And so putting that on somebody, but I did, he did make me feel safe. I called him my rock because there was a codependency that was occurring between him and I at that time as well, uh, because we were feeding into what each other needed at that time. So it was like I had another arm of codependent expectation and, you know, desired yeah, support. That was my first time having somebody who was just really hypervigilant on me and what my needs were and, and taking care of me. And it did allow me to soften enough to begin to, to begin the process of actually feeling the feelings that I didn't feel for a really long time. 
Because when you have to continue your days in this in the state of fight or flight, you don't have time to feel your feelings. <laughs> and nor do you want to. Because if I actually opened up the can of worms about what it was like to try and make it through my days and knowing that something was going to happen and I was using alcohol as the number one means to numb myself, then, you know, I, didn't, I really don't, I don't know, I don't time to feel my feelings. I didn't have time to let myself cry or to figure things out because I was taking care of so many other people outside of myself. And this is an important because you guys don't see me as this, this version of me, right? But I was, this was how it all began. So when I met my husband, Jeff, and I started to soften and I started to begin to open myself up to allowing myself to have the emotions that I was having or to be able to talk about like the shit that had gone on in my life without feeling like I was going to be judged or that I was going to lose somebody in the process because I had had a lot of, I dated a lot of men, you guys, who just couldn't handle my family life. They just were like, oh, I think you're a really nice person, but you're got some drama over there. And I'd be like, I do have some drama over there. And they're like, we, we can't sign up for that level of relationship. Like you, your baggage is a little bit too heavy. And so I went through this a lot with, with raising a child with high needs. And so when I found a man who didn't see my baggage as baggage, he saw that he saw me within my world and it really, that was a catalyst. So forever will I be grateful to Jeff for, for being the, the human because I have transformed myself so completely in his presence because I knew I could, because I knew he loved me for who I was when he met me. He loved me when I started to talk to angels. He, he loved me when I declared I was a witch. Like, I mean, the man is just like, yeah, all right, sure. Yep. I love you. Are you a witch? Okay, that's fine. Are you? Yeah, okay. So there was freedom in that. Now, I mean, we recently had to separate because we were still evolved in this codependent relationship that we began right from the very beginning that we met. And again, we needed to shift timelines to create a new relationship, just like Ethan and I did. And that's, that's something that we have recently done. But it was in the transition of me finding a space to begin to unearth and to feel what I had actually been holding back and allowing myself to feel that actually activated and amplified my gifts. So I was so protected and not in a healthy way, in i I'm shielding myself from the world kind of way when I met Jeff, that I could actually function in the world better than after I met him. And I opened myself up to my own emotions and the emotions of others. Before I even came to my full awakening, what was occurring during that me, like that middle ground of really allowing myself to experience what love felt like, and it was an unconditional love that it felt like at that time. And so there was like an openness or a willingness for me to be in a space of unprotection. This is where, um, in my business, and in my personal life, I started to begin to feel overwhelmed um, because when you don't feel emotions and then you do feel emotions and then you realize that you're amplifying emotions, it's a lot. So I would end up going to the grocery store 
and coming home and having to lay down. I put all the groceries on the table and I'd be so overwhelmed and so exhausted and so tired from the mere act of going to the grocery store, I'd have to rest. Whenever I was doing any of my personal training with my clients, I would need to rest between any of our sessions. I was, you know, taking more naps. I was going to bed early. I was falling asleep in chairs. I was doing all of these things because there was this, this, place that I was, I was residing in that it was like a low frequency vibrational energy that was like, I was just, I was consuming, I was consuming so much energy without knowing it and then holding on to it. And all of that was just amplifying within my body and making me feel dense and heavy. So it was in this period of, of, of time that I literally felt like I, I could not run a business. I was not supporting. There was no growth in my personal training. I was barely functioning. I was barely making my end of the, the financial, um, responsibilities because I was exhausted all the time. And so in this, there was still things going on with my son, my oldest son. Um, we were, had the other three children, one birth for me, two of my stepchildren that we were protecting. This was a very, very interesting time in my life where you merge two families and, you know, you're trying to navigate what that looks like, what that feels like. There's a lot of, um, high needs. There's a lot of behavioral issues. There's a lot of, uh, a discomfort. It's affecting the marriage that is just new or the relationship that is just new. You're looking at protecting your other children. There's just like a lot of micromanaging and all while I'm still trying to open up to feel my feelings even deeper and to be able to support my clients and grow what I was hoping would become a business. And so I'm bringing this to you from the space of that we all have a part in our place in our lives where it feels like we cannot see our way out of a situation. Like it just feels like it is heavy and it is dense and it is hard. And it was hard. Like I'm not, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to say it was stinking hard. That is a hard time in my life. That was a season where I am just going to fucking pat myself on the back and go, you did a really good job because I did. Um, and then and as I was talking about that last episode, solo episode, where, you know, I had to make some pretty pivotal decisions about parenting and, you know, what I was willing to tolerate and getting to a very eye-opening place is that, you know, we have to we have these, these perceptions of what being a parent is. We've got what we were told being a parent is. And then we have what we understand is like, this is not a healthy experience. I'm, I'm in a toxic relationship. This is not a boundary that I, I'm enjoying at all and, and making decisions for well-being, your own health, your own well-being, even when it doesn't fit the conformity of what the status quo is which I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a status quo buster. Like, I don't think I've done anything by the status quo. So like, this is why I built a business and I have a, a whole, you know, tribe, not tribe, community of people um, called Rebel Unicorns is because we are, are re, uh, you know, uh, reteaching, relearning, reguiding, recreating what, what is possible uh, when we do not follow these strategies and these rules and these paradigms that were set forth for us that we had absolutely no say in. 
So for me, parenting in itself, like a toxic relationship is a toxic relationship. Um, it doesn't matter where it's coming from. You have to get very clear in your own being in your own body to be able to say like, if this were, if this were not my partner, if this were not my child, if this were not my mother, if this were not my father, if this were not my sibling, would I let them treat me this way? Would this be something I would allow into my life? And if you have a clear no in any of those people, uh, you know, like if you would never let anyone treat you this way, then that's a, that's a very strong question to be asking. So that was an instigator where I was able to step into a different role as parent. And why I say it's a different role as parent is because, you know, I don't want my children to ever be in a situation where they would take abuse from anyone or they would stay in toxicity because that's what they believe is what they have to do. And the only way that I know how to, mo to do that is through modeling to them, even if it included the relationship that they have with me, that this is not okay. That being treated in a way that is not healthy or, or supportive to you, you need to stand up for yourself, right? And to be able to and willing to show that your, your experience matters, that your body matters, that your soul matters, that your mind matters, that your heart matters. And so those, that became a very significant point in my business for me because I, I changed everything in the moment that Ethan and I stopped talking. Once I came through about six months of depression, my entire business changed. I no longer wanted to be a personal trainer. This is when I became life coaching. This is when I tapped into the universe. This is when I learned that I could read chakras. Everything came after that moment. And it was a moment of making a very big decision as a parent, <laughs> right? So I think that the fact that I don't talk about these moments very, very much anymore, it's like, has, is, it's just such a strange thing to realize that Ethan is the catalyst for me being this version of me without him. And I even talked to him this week and I'm like, do you know how grateful I am to you and our past and our history and our life? Because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be an author. I wouldn't be, you know, a, a, an online spiritual business coach. I wouldn't be a chakra coach. I wouldn't be somebody who's, who supports women in the way that I do. And, and so like, there's just like gratitude for this, but yet, uh, I don't talk about being a mom empath in business very often. So you're going to be seeing a shift in, in what that looks like coming, coming forward, especially partnering with mama Academy, which I'm excited to share more about and being able to make again, you know, the, the work really accessing your work. Like, being able to make these kinds of decisions, such as, you know, recognizing when you're in an unhealthy relationship with your own child and what to do with it, uh, making decision if you're in an unhealthy marriage or relationship and what to do in those situations, being able to, you know, pivot your business, make strong decisions, move across the country, all these things that I've done in the last five years, which don't, they don't follow the, the business practicum that we're taught, like the strategies, but I want to share these deeper things because they come from within you. You have the capabilities to be able to make these decisions and, and lead a life that actually supports and models and that you love and doesn't look like anybody else's. And I think about the fact that 
the the newest piece in my parenting model is that, you know, yes, I moved across country. My kid, my, our youngest children are 15. They're in Ontario and we're in, in on Vancouver Island. And then we got shut down. We got shut down um, right after we moved. And so we had plans to spend half the month together in December and see them on a quarterly basis. And for the first time in my life, after being a mom since I was 20, um, 44 right now, I'm just saying 24 years, I, I didn't have an, I couldn't see my own children. And, you know, that in itself was, was another experience that I, I went through. And, you know, we get to be the and both. We get to be the and both. And, and having people tell me, um, you know, what that parenting role looks like or how could I do these kinds of things, um, to my children, there's this deeper understanding to me now that I have such beautiful relationships with my kids. Like I'm so stinking grateful for how close we are and that they know they can call me when they need to. Sometimes they call me and just to cry if they need to, or just to be heard. And I don't try to fix them anymore. And I, their feelings are so valid and so important to me. And they're so beautiful and that there's nothing that anyone in the external world can say to you. You have to realize this, that can impact the truth of the relationship that you have with your kids. I do not have the typical relationship that you see on paper that it says you must abide by these rules to be considered a great parent. But I can promise you that the relationship that I have with my kids is will transcend time, that they know that they are supported, cared for, loved, and held in all ways and that's all that matters to me. So I don't follow the standard model of parenting. I don't follow the standard model of what parenting in business looks like. I don't follow the standard model of being an empath and a parent in business. And so I think that there's more conversation to be had in this. And I think that this is just the beginning of leaning into what this all can look like. But I can promise you, my kids will move where they where they know that they want to move. They'll listen to their heart and their intuition and that they will follow the path that is being guided for them and not let their parents such as me or their alternate parents define who they are based on the fact that what they see and witness from us is what they actually learn, not what we tell them to do and then don't do for ourselves. And so I'm just putting this out there. I hope that there is something that maybe kind of struck a chord with you during this episode. It's important for me to begin to tie in the stories of being a mom and an entrepreneur because I don't think that it's it's covered a lot. And I think that understanding, because, you know, and also I felt super guilty for a long time that I had a business or that I was a businesswoman. And, you know, what were people going to say about that? And did quite people question about it with the kids and whatever? And I'm at a place where the only thing that matters right now is my relationship with my kids. And when I know that that's good, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about what that relationship looks like. And so I want to open up conversations about these kinds of things. And so I'm, I would love for you to share some feedback or share anything that you have about or listen to this and you're like, holy crap. Or if you want more information about my kid is driving me crazy, which is my first book, I can put the link in the show notes for you. But share, share your, your thoughts and your takeaways, um, at Avalon Starlight Coaching. And you can always reach me in email after this episode at, um, Avalon at the enchanted fairy.ca. 
but I'm excited to continue this conversation and to support more moms create businesses from home that they love so that they can support their kids and feel absolutely like excited for their future. I think it's time. All right. Have a great day and we will talk soon. Wow. That episode was mind blowing. I hope you had as many ahas listening to it as I had recording it. I would love to see the Rebel Unicorns podcast spread far and wide across the globe, across the universe. So if you want to share it on your social media with something that you found impactful, leave a review, send it to a friend. It would be so deeply appreciated. Also, a little side note, I did recently change my name. I downloaded a year and a half ago that my name was Avalon Starlight. It was previously my birth name was Tamara Arnold. And if you're interested in learning what your rebel unicorn house is, oh yeah, there's a quiz for that. Think Harry Potter, except you're sorted into how you are impacting the world with your stardust and what energy you're here to shift and change. You can find out your rebel unicorn house at www tamaraarnold.ca slash quiz. Let me know, tag me in social media, send the quiz out and join the Rebel Unicorns Facebook group to be in a community of like-minded spiritual entrepreneurs who understand that when you shift your energy, you transform your business.